Welcome to the underground. Turn me up, bitch! My Little Underground with Peter A. Level 31, My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Make sure you're subscribed on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and anywhere else you get podcasts. And don't forget to hit up my website, PeterARadio.com. Come. We got Twin on the show today. They're a Boston-bred, Nashville-based duo led by Jane Fitzsimmons and Ian Jones. Their debut album, Awestruck, is coming out September the 20th. And some really good news on the Twin front. They're going on tour in Europe with the great Taco Cat. Man, that's going to be a very... <laughs> charismatic entertaining show and if you're in Europe definitely support twin and taco cat we also got a throwback interview that's right we're going back to 2015 I did an interview at the mascot in New York City with Kristen control formerly known as DD who led dum dum girls and I got to talk to her right before she rebranded herself as Kristen Control. So you guys are going to get that on Level 31, My Little Underground. Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at It's Peter underscore A. Talk to me. Come on, strangers. I welcome the conversation. Why would I say something like that? Why would I want strangers to do that? That's terrible. Anyway... Twin on the show today, and I got to catch up with them at Amityville Music Hall after their set, and uh, it's during the middle of their tour with White Reaper, which was uh, an awesome show from a Twin and White Reaper as well, because every time White Reaper plays, it's no matter if it's a garage, I've never seen White Reaper play a garage, but I'm assuming that they would tear it up. But yeah, um, I saw them on Long Island. It's great to see, you know, Groups like White Reaper play Long Island and because they got a major label deal in Electra Records. So it's so cool that they're coming to a, a relatively small spot like uh, Amityville Music Hall. And right after the show, I caught up with Twin. Um, they were eating after, after the gig. And you know what? After a show that they played, a set that they played, they definitely deserve a nice meal. And they were so gracious enough to invite me to their table to have a conversation with them. And we're gonna get it on in a little bit, but uh, their set, I wanna talk a little bit about their set. They were so charismatic, so energetic, and they really engaged with the crowd very well. Um, Even if, I had the feeling, I don't know this for sure, that anyone who went to that show and didn't know who Twin was, from the first couple of songs that they did, people like you know probably didn't seem to know who they were, and they they kind of applauded politely. But then as their set went on, they got the crowd at the palm of their fingers. I'm sure they made a lot of new Twin fans on Long Island. And um, White Reaper set, jeez, if you've never seen White Reaper, please do yourself a favor. They are unbelievable, amazing stuff. Can't wait to see what they're gonna do in uh, 2019 and beyond. But um, I actually went to Gemma's album release show at the Union Pool in Williamsburg out in Brooklyn. Um, Their second album, Feeling Is Not a Tempo, is out and they did the release show for it. 
And it was one of the most diverse shows I've been to in Brooklyn. And it's kind of sad to say a lot of the shows I go to in Brooklyn aren't the most diverse as far as uh, the bands on the bill and the crowd. But this show, if you go see Gemma, you're going to see people from all walks of life, including people of color like myself. And it was great to see that. And they were awesome. Gemma's awesome. And if you don't know Gemma, um, the front woman, Felicia, sings in uh, Ava Luna. And they're also <laughs> amazing. I uh, just wanted to give my uh, two cents on, on that show. Definitely give Gemma a listen. And my guest today, my first guest on My Little Underground, Twin. Check him out. Jeff won and then I hate so is this me? Yeah. We sold a bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of your stuff is really cool though. Your uh, the merch and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But that's not the important part. The important part is that you guys rocked Long Island. Did you like it? Yeah. So I wanna officially welcome Twin to Long Island. You guys are welcome anytime in the 631 area code. Give me your mustard. <laughs> you just have to tell yourself not to do that. I don't know. It's hard to get rid of it. 
mean, I think a lot of like our favorite artists say, oh, we're just trying to make blank music, but they end up not doing that. They end up just being themselves. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which, so I limit yeah. yourself with, at the beginning. Yeah, exactly. You're absolutely right. So uh, the new album's going to be on French Kiss. Yeah. So how'd you get hooked up with them? How does anyone know anyone? Yeah. Basically, like we moved to Nashville, right? And like we, we moved from to Nashville from Boston, and we started playing a lot of shows. I mean, a lot of fucking shows. Like, um, we were playing like multiple shows a week for week after week after week, and we were touring. We just like doing it. So just word got around and like we I feel like we were bringing some Boston flavor to Nashville, a little bit of experimentation. Yeah. And and I feel like people appreciated it, so people just started coming out to the shows and then we met um, you know, we just met people and then No, no thank you, I'm good. Um and then just like you meet one person and then you meet the other person then eventually the record labels are interested and then you know they give you an offer you know it's just like one thing leads to another and and nashville being web. Like, everyone in the music industry knows each other too yeah. different labels and managers so it's very big but it's very small yeah, yeah. And if you don't know someone it's just one degree of separation yeah. To, to, yeah. to get to so, know so it was just what ended up being the best fit i guess yeah they just yeah. let you do whatever you want well, they let us do. I can't yeah. speak for anyone else, but they're letting us do what we want. Like they, what was different about French Kiss was they, as soon as they heard the album, the next morning, they hit us up and they were like, "We love their record." And whereas with a lot of people, they they kind of they show a little warmth, but they don't really show enthusiasm. They want someone else yeah. to like another label to yeah. like act on it, so they they only jump on it if someone else is jumping on it. Yeah, that right. Sense. And that happened. They don't take a chance as, on their own. As soon as French Kiss showed an interest. All of a sudden, this other label that knew like, about oh, us forever, all of a sudden they were interested. Now it's like, well, you could, you knew about us, but you heard the record six months ago. You didn't say shit. So it's just fishy like that, you know. But I think what's what's interesting is that uh, you guys are again you're playing a lot of shows before your album came out. Yeah. Um, is there? Do you feel like there's any kind of um, issues with doing that? Because when you're playing a show, people don't know your music. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Versus going to a oh, show yeah. when you have an album already out. That's a story about life. Yeah. I mean, that's honestly, I don't even know how I'll deal with people knowing the music when they come to the shows because I'm used to every show having to win people over. So you're like always just trying to get them out of like trying to label or judge whatever they're seeing and just experience it, but that's fucking hard. Like it just takes a lot of energy and it's so fun to do, but it's I don't even know how to play a show any other way. Yeah. Now, like the day that people point, come into our show and start like singing the songs and knowing them, I'll be like, it's oh, gonna be a beautiful day. I hope. Is it? I, it's gonna freak me. I'm gonna it's gonna be an adjustment. I if that happens. But I feel like we're ready for it because I feel like we've really cut our teeth, like just touring and playing so many shows without anybody knowing who the fuck we are. You know? I think that literally happened tonight. Uh, you guys started your set and the people were quiet and people didn't. Really, it felt like they didn't know who you were. And then by the end of the set, I think you've won over the crowd. Did you feel that way or not? I felt that. Way. I felt like the crowd was very open-minded tonight, and they were ready, they were receptive. But some crowds aren't like that. We, you know, what we did tonight... Or they just won't give you anything. Yeah. It's not like they're booing you, they're just like, they won't... 
participate. And that's what we were complaining. I was complaining about on stage about last night. I'm like waving this mic. Um, about like we 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 nearly sold out the show in Brooklyn last night, but like the crowd wasn't nearly as fun as the crowd tonight. You know, so it's just different crowds all the time, and you never know what you're gonna get. That's why touring's so fun. We always have another chance. We always like have another yeah. thing to learn. But the thing is, like Union Pool is an uh, interesting venue because like I've seen bands there like rock and just do interesting stuff and just be amazing performers but then like the crowd would just be like okay that was nice but they weren't like yeah, yeah, yeah. totally into it you know what I mean it's like that too yeah, yeah to, to a degree you know spoiled, <laughs> but you know what I will say White Reaper when I saw them in New York City last time yeah. it was the opposite of what you would expect from a New York crowd oh yeah does that make sense crazy. oh yeah losing their minds just yeah, like yeah. tonight yeah. yeah and I feel like you guys have definitely won over a crowd that's really tough like Long Island is, is, you know, in my opinion, my experience is really tough to really win over. You know what I mean? Especially bands like, you know, that aren't like super, super popular. Yeah. Familiar. I think you've done a really good job. And your uh, your stage presence. You, have, you guys have a lot of charisma. You know? Do you guys really like consider that when you're you rehearse or uh, you know practice for a show, or you just go out there? You know what I mean? <laughs> We, yeah, tonight we had charisma, but other nights we yeah, don't have any were fucking shit charisma. Or awkward as fuck. Other nights we're pining for charisma. We just wish. It's all in <laughs> moods, just yeah. like anything. I think that it to yeah. I, think I don't know. I'd rather have it every show be different and some be fucked up than to have something like a routine that I that doesn't feel authentic. Mm. Okay. Because every crowd's different, every city's different, every show's different. I don't know. You can't expect the same thing every month. Yeah. So why would you do the same thing every month? Yeah. I don't know. You guys being from Boston, uh, what can you tell me about um, the Beantown basement? Yeah, man. I could tell you a lot. Oh. Yeah. What do you want I to guess know I, about? I guess I used to run Yeah, like a bring a non-New Yorker into that space. Yeah. You know what I mean? What is it like? What's the, what's the, what's the people like? What's the community you, like? You have slumlords for, for landlords. So who are abusing. are just falling yeah. down, horribly maintained. They're, they're abusing the fuck out of the student population who needs to rent from them. They're you got expensive. A, you have a lot of college students who want to party and play music and so experiment. So you're sharing a house with like eight, nine, ten, eleven people. All in like a falling down house. Not falling down. It's fucking rats in the wall. Yeah. And some like black mold in the basement. But you have like a PA system you all went in on to buy. And then, I don't know, your friend's band wants to play. And then like... And then you get people love touring and DIY touring and lots of different bass all over the country. So then you get touring bands going through and I don't know, people just show up for a party, for a show, for a little bit of both. Weird things will happen, like not shows, there'll be poetry, other like experimental art kind of things. You can just do whatever you want because there's no like person to go to. Like oh I want to do it, so you do it. It's not like you have to appease anyone. It's, it's just you and your friends yeah. in your own venue that you made. Like Jane had a house venue called The Womb in Austin. That's a great name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. Loved it. Conrado named it. 
and it was great. And like I played in a grindcore band called Skinny Pigeons. Another great name. Yeah, yeah. For and, a grindcore uh, band. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and that band was great. But, like, so yes, and the singer of that band, my friend Joey Luna, he was super into fucking Slayer and Fugazi and all these like. And just had he kind of introduced me into the concept of like a punk band or a, a really fucking heavy band just doing it on your own. And so we booked like our West Coast tour and we, we did a tour of China, a DIY tour of China. And like he just kind of like opened me up to that world. And then Jane was doing it in her way. So it was kind of like we naturally came into it and uh, made that a part of our band, you know, that we were going to do it ourselves create our own world to live in, you know? And, and that came out of the basements of Boston where it's just very free, experimental. You don't have to ask for permission. Yeah, right. Like, you don't need someone to approve what you're doing. Because if you do, they're going to shut you down anyway. You know? yeah. There's always somebody. So. Musically, are you getting that from Nashville? No. No. That's why we moved. Yeah. We left Nashville. Nothing against the bands and the people in Nashville. It's just like, it's a weird, it's a very music industry based, so people can get that, it's almost like that LA vibe or something. Um, like, what can you do for me? Or like, who are you? Or, or what you are, not polished, who you are. A polished look, because there's so many great musicians in Nashville and like technical people and like people that are great musically, but sometimes we, especially in bands and projects, a little different for like singer songwriters. I don't really know much about that world, but more of like the bands, I guess, it just feels. I don't know, a little bit more expected, tried and true, polished. I don't know, I don't think there's a lot of people taking risks. Yeah, you know? maybe the risks they can take. I, mean, I, I feel like we try to take musical risks, and in Nashville it's very safe. In Boston, people take musical risks, not in Nashville. I don't think so. Based on what I've seen, I'm only one guy. But it's know? also, it's changing, I think, now, current. Yeah. So I don't want to diss anything, because like, even us not being there for the past couple months, there's new bands and new Shaker on all the time. Like yeah, Sugar and Spice sure. booking, they're doing crazy stuff in Nashville. Um, Ryan Archer runs that. And, like, dark Dark Matter. Dark Matter's an awesome venue where like cool shit goes down. But it just didn't feel big enough to like, and we were touring so much. It's like, you have to be there on the ground, getting the shit started. And people are doing that, which is very noble and awesome. But we just didn't have the time to, but speaking of like taking taking risks, like a lot of your music is uh, like vocally speaking, it's very ethereal. Um, do you think that um, like having not having songs that people can like quote unquote sing along to is a detriment to the band, or having like the spacey dreamy sound will will help the band? Does that make sense? Uh, I don't know if I'd like to frame it in that. Uh -huh of like good or bad for the band because it's what it is and if it does well cool if it doesn't that's cool yeah it's just where we are now that's just the sound that we were doing on this record and what we're doing now and like down the down the lane who knows what we'll be doing because that, that's just how it started and how it could come to be because I think a lot of times obviously nothing's perfect and if you're making something you're gonna judge it and it won't be right could have done this better but like if you keep on doing that forever you'll never show it to anyone so i even though that's the hardest thing for me just like to follow that but through this project of being able to just like 
good for everyone else to see, for them to be in on it, and it to change and grow. Like, Five years down the road from now, we don't want to be doing the same thing we're doing now. Right? No. Just to see what happens. Yeah. Go with yeah, it. Yeah. Taking it day by day, musically. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anyone else can even expect anything different or more from themselves. Like. We can only be ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So and if we're not, then I don't know what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah exactly. I kind of compare, uh, you know, your guys' mentality on music to the Twilight Zone, because every episode is different. Yeah. yeah right? Would you agree? I like that a lot. Yeah. I love that so much. Uh, it was like a Beatles record. Every song is fucking different. They never write the same thing twice. Twilight Zone never made the same episode twice. And it's a little creepy. I is hope it's a, a little creepy. Is there a painter that never paints the same painting twice? Uh, you know what I mean? Have you guys seen the new Twilight Zone with Jordan Peele? No, wait, it's actually. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I've heard about this. Yeah, it was remade and it's on uh, CBS. Jordan Peele? Yeah, it's not Netflix? Yeah. No, it's on Netflix. On CBS All Access. That's their digital uh, okay. platform. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah, me too. What about Black Mirror? What do you think I of that? I love Jane Black loves it. It scares me too much. Oh, it's scary. But in a good way. Yeah, I almost seen the, the last season once it's scary like the, the new one, the current one with Miley Cyrus and oh wait, was it good? Okay. No, I just don't think it was scary. It's scary. Okay. Like it needed to be creepier. There was ones that were like so creepy in the beginning. Yeah. Like that one about that pedophile kid. Dude. That one, oh man. You, you I know, think it was it over that Yeah, and then you like empathize, but then you realize oh, it's just I remember that. I'll remember it forever. No, they didn't have those kind of things. It was just like the Miley Cyrus one almost felt like a movie. Like the tropes in a movie, like yeah. the dread. San uh, Junipero. Oh, that one is great oh. too. Man, they can do a whole feature-length movie. Okay. Drop the notes. Yeah, I would still <laughs> so watch it. Yeah, love that show. Very, very creative show too. But I'm really curious about Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone. I know. To see what that's like. Have you seen any previews? No, I, I've caught some episodes um, in, in class in college and uh, on the marathon they do on New Year's Eve. Yeah. They do a whole Twilight Zone uh, marathon thing, but I haven't seen much of Twilight Zone, but I definitely want to. Oh, you mean the original? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. oh yeah. yeah. I was asking if you had seen no. previews of the new one. No, I haven't. Yeah. Okay. Have you guys seen Get Out? Yeah. Oh my god. I don't. I fucking. There's so many movies I need. To I yeah. Yeah, you haven't watched them. I watch too many movies all the time. <laughs> I don't know what I'm spending my time doing, but I'm missing too many. Movies. I like movies. just making an album, you know. <laughs> yeah. Touring the country and shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, after this album drops, uh, are you guys going international? Are you gonna circle around the U.S.? Oh, we can't really say we can't really say about international yet, but I think there's something on the books for the fall. Okay, all right. Now, um, and we'll I, be back on the West Coast and the East Coast in yeah. October, probably October, November. Okay. And we might just be going elsewhere before then. So elsewhere in Brooklyn, that venue. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah. No, I mean, like, uh, we might be going overseas really soon. That might get announced really soon. But I can't actually say. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, um, how would you describe the stench of Long Island? Because there is. There is a stench. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. I, I knew think. it. In my opinion. I knew it. It almost feels like an old boat. I just want to yes. the kitchen was closing in about 10 minutes. If you guys wanted to put in any other Do you want anything? Do you want more oysters? 
Good. You want anything? No, I'm good. I ate before I came to see you guys. Do you, the viewer, want more? <laughs> I got it. Yeah. Everything needs to be together. Yeah. Whenever you guys are ready, okay? So, the last thing I want to know, like, you describe your opinion of what the stench of Long Island is, and I'll tell you mine. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, go wait, first. Oh, go I first. Heard. Yeah. I think like an old. Boat. Boats, yes. An old, like, wooden boat, and it has, like, an ale keg in the back of it. It's leaking a little bit, and there's, like, an old man and his beard, and he's, like, nice, though. He's a nice old man, and I'm hugging him, and that's the smell. I would agree with that in certain parts of Long Island. Okay. Like, there's, there's any place that's by the water, like Long yeah. Beach, Freeport, it kind of smells like that. I just think the general smell of Long Island is like a big garden. Just grass, freshly cut grass that kind of has like a beach, sandy kind of smell. It's very difficult to describe, but it's, uh, I like it. I like the smell. I like it too. It makes yeah. it, it's very homey. Yes, yes. It's very comforting. Yep. I like it. Twin, yeah. thank you so much thank for hanging you. out with me. And South to Amityville. Great show. Hope to see you guys back on Long Island. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, anytime. Big thanks to Twin for chatting me up on level 31 of My Little Underground. Don't forget, their debut album, Awestruck, is coming out September the 20th. And... I'm really, I'm really excited for that. And I love fall, so this will be a great album to start off the fall. Right? Right. All right, we're going to continue this double interview action, My Little Underground, with a throwback interview from 2015 with Kristen Control, formerly known as DD from the band Dum Dum Girls. I got to chat with her at the Moscot in New York City about four years ago. Um, it was August 2015. Great times. It was uh, an acoustic set that she did, and it was very, very crowded and very, very hot. But it was still a good show. It was very intimate, and Dee Dee is, well, Kristen now is uh, very, very talented. I'm very excited to see what she has cooked up in the tank for 2019 and beyond. So classic interview action right now. My little underground, Dee Dee, Kristen Control. Let's go. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. You're, you had a great set, by the Thank way. You. So, are the Dum Dum Girls on hiatus, or are you still recording new music with them, or what? Uh, well, I mean, it's. I guess it's maybe not totally obvious, but um, Dum Dum Girls is, you know, obviously it's a band, but mm -hmm. it's really just a name for my recording. So, right. I have always written and recorded on my, you know, with myself and producers and then you know figure it out and take it on tour with the band so anytime our touring cycle ends it's just goes back into that time of me writing and recording so i'm in the middle of that okay so you never had a record where it's just oh this is dd pennies no it's, it's always... kind of it's synonymous you know oh, okay <laughs> yeah right, it's misleading that. and confusing but uh, it's also kind of accurate at the same time. <laughs> I, I kind of understood that when I did some research on you. I mean, when I started listening to you, I was always wondering, oh, this is a band, um, but this is also Dee Dee's recordings, too. Yeah. Yeah. So all those tapes you did before were just you? 
Yeah, every every record that's been released, except for Only in Dreams, mm -hmm. um, the band at the time, which was a different bass player, but everyone else the same, they did play on that record, and that was really fun. Um, but for the most part, it's just like I micromanage and like mm -hmm. need control over so much, and uh, yeah. I haven't really come out of that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get you. What was it like working with Sunrose Wagner? Um, he's great. You know, I've done a lot of records with him. Um, I basically paired up with my producer, Richard Goderer, uh, who's also my manager, mm -hmm. kind of like my New York dad. Um, <laughs> him and his engineer, Alonzo, I've worked with them since I will be... Um, I recorded that record myself, but they, like, did post-production and mixed it so that it wouldn't sound like... Um, and then through that relationship, he also had worked with the Ravenettes and Suna, so he was who suggested that Suna and I pair up. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, so we, we've done two EPs and two records together, and yeah, I mean, he's, uh, he's incredibly talented, he's a genius. Um, Do you, would you say that the Ravenettes are an inspiration to you? Have you been a fan of them before you've met Sunrose For Wagner? sure, yeah. That that was a funny thing, too. Um, I was really nervous about working with him because I had been a fan for a long time. Um, when I went to school in Germany oh. during uh, my college years, uh, <laughs> I studied abroad in 2002, and I found out about them at that point because I was reading... Um, I had a subscription to The Face, which was like a great English magazine that yeah. doesn't exist anymore mm -hmm. um, and they were still like a Danish based band at the time so yeah. they were in you know like more European press um, and I remember just being pretty blown away because obviously there were other bands that had you know done a sound that they obviously were referencing themselves yeah. but the harmony thing that they did like I've always been a you know I'm a singer I've always been in choir I've always been obsessed with all you know harmonies and vocal yeah. groups and so for me hearing a band that had this aesthetic that I already you know really loved but then also like the the like root of their music yeah. were their voices together um, that was really inspiring for sure that's how I discovered the Ravenettes yeah. I was listening to Dum Dum Girls Pandora Radio and they came on mm. and I fell in love immediately yeah they are great for sure yeah so you're inspired by a lot of 60s um, garage rock and a lot of um, pop and a little bit of punk rock do you also find inspiration of the shoegaze, UK shoegaze, dream pop stuff from the 80s well, and 90s? Well, I mean, I would not uh, I would not pigeonhole myself quite quite that much. Of um, I grew up on American and British 60s music oh, yeah. because of my parents. Um, and then, you know, as a preteen, American preteen, <laughs> I was into like the major the major hits that still fell in like the alternative realm you know yeah i was super into nirvana mm -hmm. and hole and garbage and uh smashing pumpkins and nine inch nails and marilyn manson um and then when i got a little bit older i started finding you know you know the whatever indie yeah more classically considered indie stuff and you know i remember my friend gave me a tape that was elliot smith on one side and Thurston Moore on the other. You know, I think I still have it, and that was kind of my like 
welcome welcome to the club yeah Yeah. um but i mean for me it's really always just been my favorite stuff is very melodic and you know very singing centric um but i listen to all sorts of music you know like my top 10 album list the spectrum includes like velvet underground Mm -hmm. to Bob Marley, yeah. so, you know, it's Good like, fun. it's all there for sure. You went to a Slow Dive concert recently, right? Yeah, I saw him for the first time. Um, they played the Primavera Festival that right. we played last year. Yeah, oh, that was okay. pretty incredible. Did you see the Beautiful Noise documentary? Mm-hmm. With all those shoegaze and gene pop stuff? Yeah. Good stuff. I love yeah, that stuff. Yeah, I, I, uh, I saw it in New York. Yeah, it was really, really cool uh, to see footage like that that hadn't really been shared before yeah so um i'm so sorry i don't mean to yes. cut it short they're actually trying to get people out of the streets in the next few minutes okay, okay. um so we'll I, wrap it up it's okay, all good. Thanks, so the are you okay uh video was so dark and uh, <laughs> horror inspired so what about horror movies inspired your work um i mean i don't know of anything super mm-hmm. directly but i do love horror movies um and uh the first class that I took when I went to college, which was almost like, it's kind of ironic because it was at 8 a.m., which mm-hmm. you just don't do. <laughs> um, but it was about zombies in literature. Okay. So, like, we showed up as zombies because we obviously hadn't slept. Um, but the class basically consisted of reading, you know, various texts and a lot of, like, um, critical theory and uh, and then watching mm-hmm. zombie films oh my and God. like analyzing like cross analyzing them so uh, one of my favorite movies of all time is an old one called Carnival of Souls okay um, which is not like a gore gore horror but uh, it's really trippy it's really good it's from I don't know the mid early to mid 60s I think do you ever consider acting because I think you're performing oh for sure yeah that's my next move I'm just trying to get someone to think I don't suck (laughs) I think my favorite Dum Dum Girls song is your cover of uh, Last Caress by the Misfits (laughs) I think you should read uh, issue that and put out a B-Sides album because I love that song it sounds very lo-fi very underproduced you definitely should yeah, read, I, def- I did that. that in my apartment, yeah. Uh, my friend put it out on his label. I will uh, I will let him know. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So it's been so much fun uh, uh, to talk to you because I'm a huge fan of Thank yours. You. So whenever you're Dumb Dumb Girls or whatever Dee Dee comes around, <laughs> I definitely want to see you again. Cool. Please so do. It's been so much fun. Thank yeah, you, Dee Nice to meet you. Yes. Cool. Have a good night. All right. You too. Yes, sir. Level 31, my little underground It's Peter A. Big thanks to Twin for inviting me to their post-show dinner after their incredible set at Amityville Music Hall. And look out for their debut album, Awestruck, coming out September the 20th. And if you're in Europe listening to this, they're touring with Taco Cat late August. So definitely go check them out. It's going to be a fun show. I guarantee it. I've seen Taco Cat twice in the past three years, and I've loved it both times. So definitely check out Twin and Taco Cat on tour in Europe late this summer and listen to their debut album, Awestruck, (laughs) September the 20th. Um, I hope you enjoyed my throwback interview with 
Kristen Control, formerly known as Didi of Dumb Dumb Girls, and I'd like to believe that this was probably the last or one of the last interviews that she has done under the Didi moniker before switching over to Kristen Control. Very excited to see what she has to offer in 2019 and beyond as well. This has been Level 31 of My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, Instagram. It's Peter underscore A. Doesn't hurt to follow, all right? <laughs> and visit my website, PeterARadio.com. Bite-sized portions of My Little Underground are available on YouTube. Just search... Peter A. Radio, one word on YouTube, or just go to my site, PeterAradio.com, and the link is right there. You don't got to do much to listen to My Little Underground. I'm Peter A. Peace out.